be shift boss. Okay, radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. Did it tear you in the vent bag? Yeah, her up there, thanks, mate. Yeah, right, hey, copy that. Righto, welcome back, fan man. Great to be back, mate. Oh, well, if anyone wants to revisit some pre-fan man yarns, episode one twenty, well, that was the intro to the fan man. That's right. And uh, whose name is also Paul Machetti, just yeah. but mostly fan man. And one twenty three was it? One twenty three installations. That was our first, second, right. second yeah. yarn fan installations. Yep. For primary and secondary, so. Have a go. Go have a bloody revisit for all the ventilation fans out there. <laughs> go back, have a listen to them. One twenty, one twenty-three. <laughs> There's the first one. Oh, it's a, the actually, first one. I've, um, I've made up a song. Oh, have you? The Germans are going to love it. Oh, the TLT geez. headquarters are going to love it. This, this could be – you might need a new singer, but I'm happy to give over the IP for this. This could be the new TLT um, on the website. Right. Ready. <laughs> TLT <laughs> will vent you right. TLT will blow the bag up tight. <laughs> TLT heaps of power. No. TLT our fans never explode. <laughs> How good's that? <laughs> They're gonna love it. Oh geez, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I thought of that on the dunny this morning. That's oh, all good, good work. Good, good work. Good work. I thought you'd like it. I thought you'd like Bit it. Of an Akadaka fan from oh, way back. I could see you could see that just like with the distorted guitar on the TLT website, like the they're bloody gonna love it, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. that's. Um, I'm happy to do. I'll do that one for free. TLT. Yeah, so. yeah they wouldn't might need to be careful with the copyright on that one. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not that noticeable, is it? Nah, nah, nah. Right, <laughs> right. So today we are here to talk about. Let me get this. Get the technical term right. We are here to talk about fan workshop and site testing. Right. Primary, secondary is the whole bloody whole shebang. Yep. Yeah, because we're, we're, I assume all fan manufacturers uh, give them a little whirl before they before they go to site. Uh, you wouldn't want to just uh, build it and hope for the best. We'll have one of those catastrophic stories that we we're talking about of uh, impellers ended up in the bottom of return airways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of important. That's not a good thing. There's generally two two forms of testing. Normally, there'll just be a mechanical workshop test run which proves the operation of the equipment, make sure everything's sound, operating, turning, doing what it's supposed to do before it leaves the workshop. Um, so they'll, they'll do v a VA or a vibration analysis, checking everything that there's no vib inherent vibration with the fan structure or the design. Because if you've got an extra vibration that is not supposed to be there, that's, that's not detrimental a, to absolutely. longevity of the parts. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Um damaging bearings and ultimately can be catastrophic after that as well too so so that's just a normal it's like you know running a car up you get a car made turn it on run it up make sure everything's doing what it's doing check the lights the electrics it's the same with the fan the pre-start the that's it pre-start pre -start. turn it up um yeah most of the reputable fan suppliers will do a workshop test run make sure everything's operating and sound so the other thing too is it protects the oem um, for the equipment, it goes out with a test report. Says the fans have been mechanically test run. There's these are all the, the reports and the checks, um, and it just protects us uh, between the fan being delivered X works 
to installation. Who knows what happens to the kit in the meantime? Mm. Um, and just make sure that everything's good and sound when it goes in, particularly if the fan's going underground. The last thing you want to know is find out that there's a manufacturing default or an issue with the fan when you turn it up because, you know, what it's going like. to start spraying impellers everywhere. That's well, good. it's not only that. It's the cost of getting it in and out as well too, which is a pain for everybody that mm. nobody wants to experience. What are, how long does it take to build a fan? Like, say, secondary 220, uh, twin 110- how long does it take to build it? Well, if you're just building one fan from scratch, um, you know, and you're going to go through the whole fabrication process, you don't keep stock uh, mm. and the likes, you're probably looking at about eight, six to eight weeks. And then, you know, if there's a motor available and whatnot. But yeah. if you keep, because the secondaries are on high demand all the time, generally most of the suppliers will keep some stock. So there's fan casings in stock, silencers in stock, impellers in stock, motors are generally off the shelf. Um, so you need to put one together, get a test run because someone wants one quickly. You generally get one out the door inside two weeks or less if it's urgent. So what? And what's the te- the the workshop testing time frame on that? How how long is it when all these tests you're saying, giving it a whirl, the pre start before you send it to site? How long is that? Oh, for a, just just for a mechanical test run, you know, you should be able to do it in the morning session if the workshop's got a starter facilities that they connect it up, run it up, do a vibration analysis make sure it runs for a while, maybe even let the bearing temperature stabilise because they'll need to come up to temperature and they, they'll peak and then drop and stabilise as well too. Um, sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't, depending on the fan supplier um, and the methods of being able to check the bearing temperatures during the workshop test. Um, performance testing, I'll just jump, in, jump into that, if you will, now while we're talking about So the, the mechanical testing is to make sure it doesn't fall apart and it works. Correct. Right? Correct. In, in, the, in the simplest way. That's right. Yeah. Just that uh, it's a safe piece of a kit, kit and it's been test run, proven before it goes to site. The, the performance test basically verifies the fan performance curve. You know, we put a product out there and says it meets this pressure flow performance curve requirement um, and a performance test verifies the performance curve that we tell and we submit to the client. It's not always a performance test is not always a prerequisite for each fan supply. Some clients might say we want the fan performance proven before it comes to site, in which case we'll do a workshop performance test. If it's a new design, we might do a workshop performance test to verify the new design and make sure we're hitting the performance curve as well too. So a workshop performance test uh, is always is, is done in accordance with international standards. Generally, I think it's ISO 5801. Um, and, and it requires a whole length of ducting and it depends on whether it's a centrifugal fan or an axial fan um, as to the configuration and the ductwork connections but the standards stipulate the ducting that needs to be connected to the fan so what that does is it it allows the airflow to come out through the fan you get a, a length of ducting that gets a good flow profile through the ducting so it's easy to measure or get good accurate readings on if you measure close to the inlet of the fan or close to the discharge of the fan, there's a lot of turbulent air coming through the fan mm. and it doesn't provide good test results because you're trying to measure the flow or the velocity pressures close to the discharge and they're all – the velocity profile changes quite a lot with turbulence at the discharge. So it's hard to get good readings. So what the length of ducting does, and they're generally I think it's in the order of six to eight times the diameter of – the inlet or the outlet of the fan. So what's so, that say? Like 
what would it be like a twenty meter vent bag coming off the end or like yeah yeah but yeah. but it's generally a, a steel duct so it's oh, got a yeah. it doesn't have a lot of losses in it and, and it's easy to put and create turbulence in the duct so you can put pitot tubes into the duct and measure the flow across the section of the duct and you know from the inside from the center of the duct all the way to the outside by doing a pitot transverse a pitot is a tube that the test person will put into the ductwork and it measures both the velocity pressure and the static pressure. And from those... Those little tube things, they bloody jam. Those little yeah. tube things. I think that's another that's way of putting... Dirt, that's the mining term, little bloody tube thing. Tube thing. <laughs> yeah, it's called a pitot tube. Yeah. And from the static pressure and the, the velocity pressure, you can calculate the performance or you can get points. You can measure points. Um at various load conditions. So you'll do a- And you've got to do that at the di- pretty much at the discharge point, do you? So it's no, less turbulent? A, or? In, a, in a length of ducting, at a predetermined stipulated location from the discharge. Yeah. It's all oh, noted right. in the standards, all right? Yeah, so yeah, depending yeah. on the test diameter duct, depending on the length, um, you need to provide flow straighteners in this test duct as well to help create a good flow profile. Uh, and then a part of the testing duct that's on the fan as well will be what they call a throttle. Um, and it's just like a large disc that you can wind in and load up extra pressure on the fan. Oh, like so, a, you can, so it's like a, regula- a regulator for Like it. a regulator, yeah, or a choke for what the guys choke, use yeah. underground, right? Yeah. Um, and what that does is it loads up extra pressure on the fan. So when you've got more pressure, you've got less flow. So that's another point that you can measure on the curve. You want to try and get a number of points on the pressure volume curve. So to do that, you need to simulate various pressures to calculate different flows or measure different flows at different pressures. Once you get a series of flow and pressure points, you can plot that against the curve and see how the actual test results are comparing against the, the fan test curve. So when you're for, for secondary fans, when you're um, like running various lengths of vent ducting, does the increased length of vent bag running off a secondary fan affect the pressure of the fan? Absolutely. So that's so by using those regulators, we call it. What what, what was the throttle? Throttle. Throttle regulator. Using those yeah. throttle, they're simulating the different length of vent bag that's going to be coming off the fan. Exactly. Yep. It just loads up extra pressure, and that's thanks for that. That helps simplify it for the guys that don't necessarily understand. Um, how the impact and pressure and throttle comes onto the fan. So, yeah, so by tightening up the throttle, putting more pressure on the fan, you're in effect adding extra vent bag to the fan, creating extra pressure. So you measure these points um, by doing a pitot traverse. A pitot traverse will measure static. uh, You know, you take um, across various, um, let's say, X, Y, X axis, Y axis, um, you take a a pitot traverse, so you'll take a measurement close to the outside or the inside of the duct, if you will, near the, the outside, the, the yeah, closest to the outside of the duct, and then start moving the pitot tube towards the centre of the duct. So you get you measure the velocities across the whole duct section. Yeah. Then you um, take the average of those velocity readings. You take you do a, a um, some calculations to check the velocity pressures across. The average across that duct section, and you convert the velocity pressure to flow. 
That's it. So it's the same as how they do the underground surveys with the wand. They do that traverse across the yeah the wind the wind fairies magic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then it gives you the average of that. It's exactly the same principle, but using a pitot tube in a in a confined duct control environment Um, to make sure that you're getting comparable readings, or you can do um, uh, I can't think of the word at the moment, but during the test the testing procedure, then you need to make sure that you do. Uh, ambient temperature measurements around the fan, um, barometric pressure reading measurements, um, speedo or, or sorry, a taco check on the fan speed to make sure that you got that correct um, because all of them need to be converted to the graph speed, the graph pr- density, the graph pressures, uh, uh, atmospheric pressures and conditions, all right, because you may be testing a fan at 40 degrees C, which is different air density conditions than a fan that's printed data at 20 degrees C. Most of the fan curves that the OEMs and the fan manufacturers will publish will be at 1.2 kilograms per cubic metre, 1.2 kilograms per cubic metre, which is standard conditions for air density at 20 degrees C, right? But your test results might be, shit, we're testing the fan at 35 degrees C. Our density is going to be different. We need to put correction factors in place to make sure that when we convert our readings to the fan curve, we've got apples for apples. Is there there much variance in or does it have much of an effect testing it on the surface or in a workshop, say in Western Australia, which is, you know, 20% humidity, for instance, whereas then you take that fan to work underground in a – Say seventy percent humidity um, environment. Does that is there? Does the humidity have a, an a, much of an effect on the performance of the fan? Humidity impacts on the air density, so you'll find that that's where you need to put provide your correction factor. Yep. Um, the humidity or air, the moisture content in air combined with temperature will provide you know your kilograms per cubic meter requirement, and you can convert. Just by using the density factors, um, is is a safe way to do that. So, so they smash this out in a in a morning. The that whole mechanical and performance. Well, if test. everything's all set up, if the ductwork's already set up, fans connected. Yeah. Um, you know, it could take the course of a day by the time you do all the pitot traverse, and then another half a day or so to crunch the numbers and to plot that out on a fan curve. So who do you do? Do you get involved in the testing of them, or is it the workshop? Who actually does the testing? It's generally done in the workshop. Um, I've I've been involved with some testing in the past over my you know course of forty years of service. You'd assume so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pop, yeah. Pop, just popped in to say good day while the yeah. test was happening. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, it's um it's generally done in the workshop. Um, performance testing in the workshop, like I said, is not. As a, norm, as, as a part of the normal supply. Um, if a client wants to prove their equipment before it goes into installation, then the OEMs will provide a charge or there'll be an extra charge to do a full workshop performance test. Otherwise, the OEMs will generally guarantee the fan performance in accordance with the curve within the acceptable standards for workshop testing. Now, the international standards 5801 will have acceptable tolerances um, for workshop testing and site testing conditions. So the fans will come in within a tolerance of what the published data is. Is I would assume there is some very strict guidelines, standards, whatever the word you want to use, but 
to make sure that the testing data is accurately taken and not fudged. <laughs> Oh, yeah, as, yeah. as the as the supplier is doing the testing, or uh, or you you wouldn't be tempted to do the put some wrong figures in. I'm I'm, I'm sure it's happened like like the <laughs> nature, but like the, there'd be some pretty big penalties if uh, the incorrect data is given. Yeah, I'm not going to say yay or nay in answer to that <laughs> one. Just to keep protect those. Um, but the thing is. Uh, you know, the workshop tests are always open to witness testing by the client, okay? Oh, so they can, they yeah. can turn up. That, yeah, that, that invitation it. is generally provided by most of the fan manufacturers, you know, if you, you're welcome to witness test a fan. Um, or sometimes the client will have a third party uh, independently come in and audit the testing as well too as a is that is that a requirement or uh, no it's not a requirement it's it's generally an invitation sometimes the customer says yeah look we want to we, we want to pay for a performance test but we want to make sure that no one's bending needles and we're going to have one of our reps here whether yep. they're in house or third party you know that's always an invitation and open to everybody mm. uh, to do that yeah um, so yeah that's that's happened whether people have bent the needle in the past or not uh, I don't really want to say or I don't need to say I suppose um, but yeah it's there, there's protection mechanisms in place for that and that's why I think the tolerances in the international standards say and given that the fans uh, it's not like uh, testing can vary there's so many um, variations there's so many errors areas of uh, error factors in, in testing fans Um the workshop is is generally a good controlled environment. Once you start looking at testing fans on site, then the tolerance in the standards will have a different different numbers. Like mm -hmm. site testing allows for more variations or more errors in testing on site. Site conditions aren't workshop conditions, you know. And sometimes it's difficult. You're, you're not likely to get the opportunity to do uh, a pedo traverse at six to eight meters away from the discharge on a nice straight piece of duct. You know, sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, you're trying to measure, um, in the case of a secondary, you know, I mean, I don't even know if secondary fans are measured or checked in in situ once they're put in, you know, they're hung up on the back. Well, this, if, if, as long as it blows up the vent bag and there's something coming out the end, everyone's happy. Yeah, and the guy at the end's not getting too hot, you yeah. know. Um, they don't, generally secondary fans don't get, tested in situ what well, uh, is there is there much of a different procedure time frame for the mechanical and performance testing between primary and secondary fans is it is it a bit more in depth for the primary testing compared uh, to the secondary yeah ones? absolutely sometimes there's the cost for doing a primary fan because the primary fans are quite larger generally uh doing a workshop test for one of them can cost a significant amount of money because you need to, you know, manufacture dust test ducting, which could be only used once, mm. which the client's going to be charged for to do the workshop test. So they don't do it that often. They don't do workshop testing no. for primaries just because Gen of, of the scale of generally <laughs> not. Um, having said that, though, a lot of the OEMs have done their own test evaluations to make sure that the published data they're putting out there is going to be reasonably accurate. Yeah. Um, so they might test smaller versions and scale them up. There's scaling methods of scaling up fans and, and, and using factors to make sure that they get comparable performances for the large fans. So generally the primary fans don't get workshop testing, but they will have 
a site testing regime as a part of the contract written into the supply. Um, commissioning and testing, performance testing is generally a requirement for most, I'll say most, of the uh, primary fan installations, depending on how critical that installation is for the mine or the life of mine, life yep. of mine, life of mine. Life. There oh, you really, go, you're, you're bringing the puns back at me. <laughs> yeah. How good's that? Yeah. that is- so, um, yeah, so it just depends on, uh, you know, how important the primary fan is into the installation. Sometimes they may or may not be performance tested. Well, there you go. So workshop testing, primaries don't get tested, secondaries do. Now then we get to the site testing, you flip it around. So as you said, you just hang the secondary up, turn the turn the bloody thing on and we're all happy. So primary, but the primary fans, once you get to site, Site testing. What's the guy there? Yeah, the most fab primary fans will have um, sockets welded around the inlet cone. If it's a, you know, if if it's a over the shaft type vertical fan installation, there'll be um, sockets welded around the inlet cone, so a pitot traverse can be done in the inlet mm. uh, over the shaft. It's not ideal condition because you may get some turbulent air. You're trying to, you know, you don't have workshop conditions. But you'll do a pitot traverse there across the inlet, and you may run a manometer or a, a pressure gauge across the fan to give you an, out, an inlet and an outlet pressure differential, so you can measure the pressure on the fan. That can be verified against the guys underground doing a, a primary tra- survey, doing yep. a vent vent survey, you know, by running their the wind wand, fairy the wand, doctors, yeah, the wand across the drive uh, closest to the fan. Um, so, yeah, so that's the way of doing it. You know, you can also do current, they check some motor draw, the, the current, motor draw current, sorry, um, to see how much power the motor's using. And then that can be verified on the curve as well too, uh, on the power vo- volume curve to see where it might be operating on the volume pressure curve. It's not, They're all just check mechanisms. So the is other that, challenge- is it, is it, sorry, is the- the on-site testing, how, how long would a site test do for a primary fan take? That's the, the challenge there is, and I was just about to get into that, is that uh, site testing could be over a, a number of tests over the course of a month or it can be done for a single point test over a couple of days. A single point test will only find, will only do one pressure volume coordinate check um, at the conditions that the mine is on that given day, all right? So what we're trying to do on a primary fan, on a workshop test on a secondary fan, we've got a throttle that we can increase the vent bag duct on. On a primary fan, we don't have a throttle where we can load up the fan and create extra pressure because we're relying on the mines underground to be able to put extra pressure into the system. Sometimes there's no mechanism on the ground without the mining changing some of the vent doors or, you know, closing off various areas of the mine to change it. sitting in a return airway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just changing conditions underground um, to help simulate different loads on the fan is a challenge when doing site testing on primary ventilation. So generally, you know, the primary vents uh, will have a single point test just to make sure that they've hit the curve. Um, Over other contracts, there'll be extended test points or but then there's a requirement for the mind to simulate various loads on the on the fan as well too yep yep is um have you seen many go wrong like where you're you know it's all fabricated up mechanically tested 
or as you said, polymers aren't really mechanically tested in the workshop, but everything looks fine in the fab, looks great. Go up to site and the, the testing, you start testing it on site and it reveals some extra motor draw at the current. Like it's not, it's just things aren't lining up. Is it? Is it? Has it been, have you, have you witnessed it in your I, 40 I, years? I haven't witnessed it, but I've certainly, you know, been privy to a lot of fan installations and heard about just through the companies that I've worked with, as well as, you know, customer feedback, as well as internal comments on our recent supplies and fans and whatnot. So there are various things, you know, sometimes there might be, there might be an electrical supply issue that changes a different, that might impact on the current draw. Sometimes it's, the, you know, incorrectly measuring the test conditions. What, what do we need to do? Go over some tests. Mm -hmm. There's certainly been other times there where impellers may have been incorrectly sized as a part of the OEM's issue, which means then that there's a cost implied to the OEM to get it rectified. Mm. So, you know, there's been, you know, impellers remade and reinstalled to get closer to the performance requirements that were originally stipulated under the contract. So it's, yeah, there's always been some give and take. It's just a matter of doing an evaluation on the site. Sometimes it might be site conditions that mm. weren't quite specified at the time of the contract award. And then there's other times where the OEM will say, oh, geez, well, we didn't get that right with the impeller. Uh, we need to supply another impeller to get the performance that was stipulated in the contract. Well, the main thing that's given to you is, I assume, the vent sim model, like the mine layout. Is that is that the big thing that determines the fan um, operating pressures and, and everything? Like they'll give you the, the vent Correct. sim model of the mine. This is what the mine looks like. Correct. This is what it's going to be. This is where it's going to suck the air through. Yeah. Correct. The Vensim model will give the fan supplier the pressure and the volume that we need to provide. At the end of the day, the fan supplier needs to know what flow and what pressure the mine is required. And then the fan selection is done in accordance with those parameters. You know, we need to understand the density or the conditions of the mine, um, you know, how much water is in the mine, water can impact on the fan top, the type of fan design. I think we spoke about that during the installation types. Is that because of the water changes the density of the air throughout the whole mine, sucking it through? Yeah, that as well as, you know, do we need to put a centrifugal fan in or an axial fan or do we need to put stronger material blades in there because the water, the amount of water going through the fan might yep. impact on the, the aluminium blade design. So we put a SGI and uh, cast iron blades or stainless yep. blades in and so forth. So it changes the mechanical supply as well too, as well as have an impact on the performance. Um, yeah, yeah, how do you how do you how do you determine how much water's in the mine? In is it how much like ground water's coming through, or is it how much? Well, how do they that's, tell you? That, that, that's yeah, that's. It's a hard one. It, it is. No one can, and no one will ever generally specifically say this much water is coming out of a mine. They will generally say there's a lot of water in the mine shaft. We need to protect ourselves against it. Yeah. There's a minimal amount of water coming through the shaft. We shouldn't need to worry about it. So and it's, that's it's the looking sort of at the conditions of your return yeah. airways to say, like, right, if there's, yeah, if there's, if it's dripping from the backs and it's a wet area. Yeah. yeah. They, they won't actually ever put a number against how much water's coming through the shaft because no one ever really knows. It's, it's hard to, without, you know, physically measuring it or finding a means of measuring how much water's coming up through the shaft, you'll never know. Yeah. 
What about dust? Does dust have much of an impact on a fan's performance or durability? If it's a, du- a dusty, like you're working in a cave mine that's mm-hmm. dust everywhere. Minimally, unless you get a buildup of dust on the fan blades and the profiles, yeah. then that will have an impact on the performance. It's a minimal impact and it depends on how much dust is building up. Um, and then performance can be measured either as, you know, flow, flow pressure in kilowatts versus um, availability of the fan, you know, is it running all the time? So yep. operational performance, you know, the fan running all the time is is critical to the man, the men underground. From a performance aspect, aspect, the ventilation officer needs to see the, you know, the power savings, the air that it's coming through, and so forth. So dust will have an impact both mechanically and from a performance perspective. But water's bad. Water's no good. You don't want water. No, no, water's no good. Get rid of the water, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Keep that bloody return airway dry. dry. Yeah. What, are you supposed to turn the bloody things off ever? Like, is there, like, say if your primer is just running flat out all the time, never stops, does it, that's what they're designed to do. Correct. But, you know, all the OEMs will recommend, or most of the OEMs will recommend fans are shut down if, if they're arduous conditions, dusty or dirty or water, that they're shut down regularly for maintenance or inspections and review, make sure that they're still, they're not wearing out, they're not building up with dust, you know, do they need to be cleaned, are they running out of balance? Just general maintenance and inspections are always recommended. Who's And who's responsible for that? The mine um, needs to make sure that operating and maintenance manuals will provide guidelines on inspections and checks, but... The mines generally know the conditions that the fans mm. are subjected to, so they should shut down the fans and do an inspection every now and then, make sure they're running. Yeah, because I, I, I just think back, I'm like, I've never heard of anyone actually being told, oh, you've got to go do a um, routine inspection on no, the primary fan. It's they, just, they, they, they just usually sit there and keep running. Yeah, and when they stop or when they have issues with them, that's when- Yeah, they start pointing it's all, fingers. It's all hands on deck. Yeah. You know, my, primary fans generally have monitoring equipment on them as well too, so yeah. vibration analysis, uh, uh, vibration sensors, bearing temperature sensors, um, and then RTDs and, and thermistor protection on the motors as well too. So What's that, RTD? It's a res, uh, resistance thermal device. I think it's the correct terminology. I think that's why we have so many acronyms because it's too hard to bloody remember the actual words, isn't e- e- it? Yeah. So, that a- and what it right. does is it just there's just monitoring systems to um, assess the condition of the motor from the bearing temperature and thermistors, uh, um, the windings, bearing temperatures, and vibration. So, if anything goes wrong or anything starts to peak on those things, you can trend it and you can find out mechanically we could see a problem coming up in the future. We need to shut the fan down, do an inspection, check everything. So, there's general maintenance procedures put in place for primary fans. Secondary fans generally don't worry about that sort of stuff. Do you have to to grease them? Grease them, yeah. Bearing temperature. Are they all automatically... um is it automated greasing systems on Some the primers and all that? Some of them might put automated greasing systems on their on their fans. Mm. Um, depends on the, the maintenance capabilities of the various sites. Sometimes some people like to be able to minimise the amount of maintenance they put on their equipment um, and put protection measures and everything else so that they, once they turn them on, they can just let them go. Mm. Um, and there'll be other mines that have a full workshop maintenance crew that part of their job is to do regular visitations to the fan sites and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Just depends on the work and the site capabilities at the time and how they're all specced up. 
It must be the the Sparkies must be looking after the primary fans where I've worked because you always wonder what the Sparkies are doing, but they they must be checking fans. Yeah, yeah. Gen- generally the Sparkies are involved with um, all the electrical equipment and fans. It's historically what I've experienced. Although I, I could never get my head around that because a fan is a mechanical piece of equipment, yet all the electrical guys get the responsibility for it. It's similar in the coal mine industry. Mm. Um, Unless they're, they're, they're a larger company where there is a mechanical and electrical engineering capacity, then some of the mechanical guys will get involved with the fans. But, yeah, I've always found that the electrical guys have been responsible for... Well, because they, they, I don't know, Telfer, they, they the fans were in a bulk, the level fans were in a bulkhead and they had grease lines running out through that they could access so they'd just rock up and pump a bit of bloody grease into the grease lines because they couldn't access the... Fan because it was, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. That was the only time I've ever seen the grease lines poking out of it. So I don't know, if, I don't know if they grease the secondary ones in the backs or not. Yeah, so there you go. They all the as I say, every time we do one of these, all the the vent fairies out there would just be that excited because this is just a good half hour absolute fix of ventilation tech info and they'd just be frothing on it yeah 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 that's well, good you'd hope so oh also- just think of all the ventilation people you're keeping happy by this because uh, they'd be just, they'd feel like they're forgotten about sometimes and we're, yeah, we're making them feel special do, and important today um the other thing too i might add here too with primary systems and primary ventilation circuits uh, and the fans there's also um means of monitoring the flow for the whole mine by using Flow sensors underground. Oh, uh, yeah, because I was about to ask, is there a bloody easier way than sending oh, some poor bastard down with a bloody wind fairy in the middle yeah, of the decline? Yeah, I'll just touch on that. Um, there has lot, to be an easier way. A lot of the – well, there's – you know, ventilation on demand is new technology that's coming to the industry. Um, and, you know, it's like Netflix but for ventilation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, and – I just had a thought there, but of fan was it fan flicks? Fan fan fix. Fan fix. Fan no? No. Only fans? No. No. <laughs> um so by using monitoring stations underground, um, which measure density, gas conditions, uh, wet and dry bulb temperatures, um, and they can do flow, you know, you can take flow readings through monitoring stations and providing flow sensors underground across various fan size drives. That information can be fed back to the surface uh, from various locations on the mine, which can be controlled then by um, Vensim or Vuma type mine design ventilation software to help the mine to manage ventilation on the ground and look at power savings. So, but that's ventilation on demand and probably another subject for Well, that's, day. yeah, we've uh, reached out to a certain supplier of that hopefully we've got something coming up soon maybe if he if he, oh, he's probably a very busy man but yes no nah, there's some uh, cool stuff coming to the industry that is uh going to need to be talked about mm. Mm, very blood essentially i'll be able to wheel the jumbo in and this technology will detect that i've gone in and turn the fan on save me well we're very lucky where i am because we can actually call up mind control and they turn the fans on for us right but majority of other mine sites have to inconveniently park up and get out and turn the fan on themselves oh the bloody the, the things we have to go through underground and, and with with you know 
with the cost of fuel going up through the roof at the moment and the things that are happening around the planet, um, net zero emissions and so and so forth. You know, the cost of power on the on the mine sites is just is getting out of control. And, mm. and oh, and, and, and ventilation and, is the biggest cost. Uh, yeah, that's right. And managing ventilation, you know, properly can provide substantial savings in the bottom line for the mine operations. Mm. Um, I think it's in the order, depending on the sites, but it's in the order of 60 to 70% of the power used on any mine site in remote Australia is is just in generating air yeah, and well, ventilation. And especially so between the variable speed technology for secondary vent and the ability to turn it off and on as much as you can when you're not in there and using it, that's um oh huge huge savings. That's right, millions of dollars. That's right, a year. And the mines are getting smarter and smarter, and 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 looking at these alternatives, um, in being able to keep those costs down. Well, because I'll tell you one thing, I'm sick of the bloody things getting turned off when I'm in the heading. That that gets it. That wears a bit thin. More so the heat, but then more so you can't bloody get out because you rip the whole thing down with the jumbo. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So, but it's that's the thing that those they turn off in there because they've got timers because they don't want the things running all day because of the cost. So that's that's fair enough. But with this new technology coming to the helm, that'll be all. It'll hopefully mitigate having the need to have those timers because it'll just know when you're in there and it knows when you come out. And it'll exactly. be off on. Exactly. Whereas predicting like. Especially if you, because we've got, I think we've got two hour timers. So if you break down or have a big job to do or you're just slow and shit, um, it'll turn off when you're in there. So I'm looking forward to this new technology coming out. Yeah, no, very, it's, it's very slowly. Exciting. A lot of the mines are starting to look at their own ways of being able to manually control ventilation underground. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you already mentioned it with the control rooms. Mm. Um, that has, you know, there's some hiccups in that system, I think, still, but the, the yeah, technology it's pretty good. Is Sometimes it's, it's getting, it's, getting yeah, better. It's, so you got to have good comms, and it, it is better, but mostly it's pretty good. Like we're, we're very lucky where we are. Yeah. Just flick it on. Oh, just promoting, promoting John D as per usual. God, yeah, they yeah, get yeah. it for free. Oh, they never open up their checkbook for me. Tight as tight as anything. Oh, tell you God, tell you what, can't even give me blend. Uh, give me Macona on site. Disgrace. Oh, they get blend forty three. Earning hundreds blend of millions of dollars a year, than, and they're just still giving us blend forty three sachets. It's better than Pablo's. Oh, Pablo's. Oh, Pablo's. No good. <sighs> no, no, we even get the tins of the the domestic that bloody the. It's what is it? The tins, the big commercial tins of blend forty three. It's I think it's like Nesc. It's like Nescafe. It's like the stuff that gets spilled on the rug. They squeeze that <laughs> out, and that gives it that big drum. <laughs> there, shout out. All, I, all I want's Bacona and I'll stop whinging. <laughs> oh, I'm not asking for much. Yeah, right. No. Nah, good yarn, mate. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And next time, what are we talking about next time? We mentioned it before. Uh, we thought oh, I might there. touch on um, typical fan application and operational problems experienced on site. Yeah. You know, some of the maintenance guys might be interested in that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, please. Um, and anyone that's listening, let me know who checks the primary fans and greases them up and everything. I want to know. I assume it's the Sparkies. Who's responsible? Everyone would be like, oh, shit, we haven't checked them for a while. There'll be a yeah. lot of fans getting checked after this yarn, yeah, I reckon. Well, it, it, well, probably after the next yarn as well too. Yeah. Uh, but from a performance perspective, yeah, it's 
um, the ventilation officers, I think, that comes down to those guys to making sure that they're getting all the air that they need underground. Mm. Um, and that, that just something I'll touch on there is um, efficiency as well too, you know, depending on, you know, fa various fan efficiencies as well as critical to the power consumed for a given flow or pressure, you know. Um, efficiencies are never really sort of measured. They're stated a lot, but they're never really measured or checked against fan curves as well too. Might be something to consider. Oh, mate, we've got bloody episodes coming out the wazoo, yeah, potential yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. I'll look forward to uh, when uh, talking about because I'm, I'm hearing word on the decline. TLT Turbo have got some bloody efficient fans. Yeah. Industry leading. Hey, word on the decline. Word on we the decline. When we've got some... Um, publication will uh release it but i can i can stipulate word on the decline rumors at this stage and like not that. have any adverse ap adverse effects on anyone's and reputation if there's any questions yeah they can they can hit me up it just if you can if you're going to hit the fan man up paul machete uh i'll put his email address in the show notes but um, um also on linkedin on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's probably the best avenue. Paul Machete, yeah. LinkedIn message. But if you can title the question as, so word on the decline is that. <laughs> word on the decline. Word on the decline is about your fans. Quote that. That'll be interesting. Quote that, quote that, and then that shows you've actually listened on this. Word on the decline. Yep. Yeah. Too easy, man. Well, listen to the next episode. <laughs> there, might, there might be prizes for it. <laughs> Prize if you can, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, here you go. If you, can, if you can send the fan man a message and use the words word on the decline, I'll send you a T-shirt. There you go. There you go. Hey? Done. Deal sorted. Absolutely. I'm look, <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> Righto, fan man. Thanks very much, mate. You're look welcome, Matty. Plenty more. Yep. And, uh for all the uh, Ven engineers out there that love this, you're welcome. Thanks a lot, mate. <laughs> hey, let us know how that um, new song goes. With the oh, oh, it's, oh, yeah, I'm already. Oh, it's, it's going over in my head. It's gonna. Yeah, I can see it on the wheel. <laughs> <Tea>. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>